Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. Praise God. So we're about to get to Christmas. And when people talk about Christmas, they talk about one thing, unfortunately. Gifts. And they forgot the reason for Christmas. But today I got a gift for you. Well, it's not mine to give, but I'm just going to talk about it. And that's the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, This is from a different uh, teaching that we have. But it's going to be a kind of same thing that Brother uh, Clementson and Brother Kelly taught on uh, wisdom. Okay? Because the, go- the Holy Ghost will give you wisdom. The Bible says that the Holy Ghost is going to guide you. It's going to direct you. It's going to say, go here. Avoid going there. Do this. Avoid doing that. So if you get that gift, it's the greatest gift you can have. The gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, it, it took me about two years to get the Holy Ghost. Once I came into church and started seeing things, and uh, this is not what I'm used to, you know. I came into a church that were, you know, jumping around and praising and singing. and So it was difficult for me. It was different. I was, you know, I was into a Catholic church and more laid back. Not really into it, but mm. so it was difficult for me. So uh, one day, we had a fellowship meeting. Remember fellowship meetings? So, okay. So we had a fellowship meeting, and we had three, four brothers there. We were talking about the Holy Ghost and, you know, how we receive it. So I said, you know, I, man, it took me two years to get the Holy Ghost. So I was feeling like a castaway there. You know, two years. So somebody said, Two years. It took me like, I don't remember what he said, but like, it took me like five minutes. Oh, brother, why two minutes? <laughs> Thanks a lot. You know, I don't believe when we, once we get to heaven, Jesus is going to say, Ali, it took you two years to the, ble- to the back of the class. And you, five minutes up here. So I, this is just, you know, that is one thing. And I apologize for, for us, our church, but that's one thing I don't like about it. Everybody's different. You know, somebody will come in. Will be before they even get baptized, boom, filled with the Holy Ghost right there. And some people like me, it takes a little longer, you know, but don't put me down. Okay? So that man was really proud of receiving his Holy Ghost earlier than me. That's all right. It's okay. So um, could I have uh, Acts 2 1 and 4? When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then appeared to them divided tongues as a fire as one set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. As As the Spirit gave them utterance. So it's all about the Spirit. It's not about Peter. Or John or whoever else that were there. It's all about the Spirit. So the prophets spoke about the Holy Ghost. 
You know, if you look through the Bible, Isaiah foretold that God would use stammering lips and with another tongue. Now, remember Hannah? She was praying for a child. She didn't speak out loud. There was no uh, speaking in tongues. But her lips were moving. And Eli thought, this woman is drunk. But instead of really focusing and say, it's not about Hannah, Eli, but it is about the spirit that is upon this woman. It's a travel, tra traveling spirit. It is a spirit that, is, uh, that is, knows exactly what is inside of someone. See, when we pray in the spirit, the spirit cries out to God. And sometimes you don't even know what you're, you're praying about. But God understands because the sp his spirit is inside of us. Joel foretold of the outpouring of the Spirit upon all flesh. Not just some, all flesh. All that give their hearts to the Lord. John the Baptist. All four Gospels writers recorded John's prophecy of Christ baptizing with the Holy Ghost and fire. Jesus Christ, prophet of all prophets, is a proper and fitting title for our Lord. In the truest sense. And he talked about the Holy Ghost. He described the Holy Ghost as rivers of living waters. It's going to be inside of us, the Holy Ghost moving. What is the gift of the Holy Ghost, though? What is it? Everybody has a different opinion about it. Let's see what the Bible says. It says it is the Spirit of Christ. That's in Romans 8, 9, and 11. It is a baptism. It is a birth. It is a seal. Now I had to stop once I read seal. The Spirit is sealing us. It's keeping us for the day that the, God, that the Lord is going to take us home. This is how somebody explained to me how the Lord is going to take us home. It's going to be like a magnet passing over the earth. And if you have the Holy Ghost, you're going to be attracted to that magnet. In other words, you're going to be attracted to God and you're going to be pulled up. The bad news is, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you're not going. And it is sad, but it is what it is. You know, if people were taught, if people opened their eyes, their ears, their understanding, they would see what a gift that Jesus left us. They would understand the price that was paid. For us to get that free gift. And it is a gift. Some churches say you are sealed, you're saved forever. You can't, you can't be unsaved now. I don't think it's Bible. You know, as I thought about it, you know, I thought about uh, Samson. Samth Samson had the Spirit of God. He had the Holy Ghost of God in him. But he had three things in him. He couldn't cut his hair. He couldn't drink. And there was something else that now escapes my, my memory. But he was a Nazarite. Yes, he couldn't touch any, thank you, any dead, thi uh, dead things. So he touched something dead. Then he had some alcohol. But he still had his hair. I'm not saying for you, brother, it's to grow your hair. That's back then, okay? That's back then. That's not all, or me. But that's how it used to be. But what really got, it, got my attention is that one day, Delilah said, Samson, 
the Philistines are here. And he said, I'll just rip them apart. But he did not know that the Spirit of God had departed from him. At that point, should Samson died, he would not have made heaven. Because the Word of God says, the Spirit of God departed him from him. If you don't have the Spirit of God, you don't have God. If you don't have God, you don't have salvation. He did, however, later on cried as he was about to be killed. He said, God, one more time, God, give me your power. Give me your strength. And because our God is so merciful and so loving, fill him with the Spirit again. And he had the power to do what he needed to do. I think of uh, King Saul. King Saul was a man that was chosen to be king. God chose him. Even though it was against God's will, God says, I want to be your king, your king, people. But they said, no, give us a king, flesh and blood, king. Okay? So God chose him. But here's the deal. After he made so many mistakes, God says, I'm done with him. And God took his spirit and gave it to David. But you know what God did? God sent uh, uh, Saul an evil spirit. So if somebody walks in here and says, I also have a spirit, I have an evil spirit, they're not going to go to heaven. Because you've got to have the right spirit. You've got to have the spirit of God, the Holy Ghost. That's the spirit that's going to take you home. As that magnet, like I said, passed by, everybody that has the evil spirit is not going to go. And that's the spirit that Saul had. So wasn't he sealed with the spirit? Yes, he was sealed, but then he turned his back on God. He wanted to offer, do the offering, and he didn't obey the word of God. God says, okay, I have no use for you. If you're going to be rebellious against me, I'm taking my spirit from you, and I'm giving to somebody else. So what I want to say, church, is this. Value, value the spirit that you have. Nurture it. Love it. Pay attention. Listen to it. As, as the Lord deals with you. Praise God. It is rest. See, when you are in the Holy Ghost, you rest. See, this world, there's turbulence. There's trouble. There's worries. We don't know from one day to the next. Just Wednesday, we lost a driver. Dead. Was he saved? I hope he was. Dead. Like that. And I found out yesterday morning as I show up to work. And it shocked me. Somebody just died. And I knew him. He's only been with us for about a year. And I was like, oh, my God. So th that's what this world brings you. But we rest in the spirit. It is the spirit of adoption through the Holy Ghost. It's the living water. It's the power from on high. And like Jesus says, it is the comforter. It's the one that comes to you when everything is upside down. When people that you love pass away or are struggling to survive in the hospital, and the comforter just comes over and hugs you. That is the Spirit of God. Now, who can receive the Holy Ghost? Is it for anybody? Is it for just selected few? If I... I 
I don't even have an idea what I'm going to say, but I'm just going to throw it out there. I don't even think 1% of the world has the Holy Ghost. I, I really don't. There are, what, 8 billion people? So 800 million, do you think 800 million people have the Holy Ghost? Do you think so? Okay, all right, so let's go 10%. Ten, let's say 10%. It's still a low number, such a low number. There's so much that the Spirit of God can do in us and through us. Why are people not jumping at it? Why are people not saying, what is it that you have? Because that's how I looked at it when I first went to Evenish Church. Very humble people. But they were rejoicing. They were happy. They were praising God. And, I, and I, it got my attention. And I said, how can they be happy? Look at their situation. Look how they struggle. They live from day to day. They don't know. Sometimes, you know, the paycheck doesn't come in. And they're not like us in America. Just rip out your credit card or, or whatever. It's not like that. But they had a happiness in their heart. And, I, and I, I wanted, what is this? See, again, I'm going back to my pre-Christ time. I didn't understand it. But I said, I want that. Whatever it is that these people have, I want it. Praise God. Peter declared that the Holy Ghost is for the Jews and the Gentiles. So it's not before was believed that it was just for the Jews. Only the Jews can receive this blessing. Not so. Cornelius proved them wrong. No, it's for us too. Gentiles. Anybody. You can receive it. Now the evidence of the Holy Ghost. Right? In our church... We teach, you know, the evidence, speaking in tongues. Isaiah prophesies of God speaking through another tongue to his people. When the New Testament church began, the believers spoke in, different, in, a, in other tongues. So that's the starting evidence that somebody has the Holy Ghost. But you're going to see change in their lives. See, you, you're not going to come home and kick the cat like Brother Blanchard used to say. Okay, you kick the cat, stop kicking the cat. Don't kick him any, leave him alone. Don't do the stuff that you used to do. I know the things that I used to do, and I have struggles still. You know, it's not a, 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 a sea of roses. You're serving God, and you have the Holy Ghost and all, but there are things that still pull on you. And that's why you you'll say, okay, Lord, you are in me, I'm yours. I am sealed. I gave my life to you. I need you to give me the strength. I need you to keep me from doing the stupid stuff that I used to do. Because they are knocking at my door. And they are calling me by my first name. And they want to take me. I don't want to go, but I can't do it alone. See, our God is smart. He knew we were going to need help. And that is the sole reason our Holy Ghost to be in us, to guide us. Cornelius' household, which was Gentile spoken in tongues, disciples of John the Baptist were re-baptized in spoken tongues. Now the synonyms, terms for the gift of the Holy Ghost. You're going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. You're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You're going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost gift. Keep that in mind. It's a gift. You're going to receive the Holy Ghost. 
Holy Ghost came upon you. The Spirit poured out. Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. Holy Ghost fell. The Holy Ghost fell. I've got a great story about this. Okay. Some of you have heard it. Some haven't. When we, uh, we had a, a, a Bible study at our Paschal church. I had been in church maybe a year. Maybe a year. So we had a, a Bible, st- uh, uh, a little study, there, uh, not a study, uh, a prayer. We go into Brother Blanchard's uh, office. It's him, Sister Blanchard, my wife, and myself. And we're praying. And then Brother Blanchard says, Sister Ivonir, I feel like the Lord's telling me you need to pray for me. He was, had some back problems. So my wife starts praying for him. And I'm not saying this to lift up my wife. I want to I make a point. So as she prays for him, the Holy Ghost falls. So sister, Brother Blanchard speaking in tongues. Sister Blanchard speaking in tongues. My wife speaking in tongues, and I'm just looking. I have no idea what's going on. I have zero idea what is this. What is this? What did I, why did I come to this church? These people are crazy. I have no idea. So we're going home. We're on 5th. So 5th, we get to Court, to Court Street, and my wife's looking outside, and all of a sudden, a fear came over me. I was afraid of touching my wife. Not because of her, but because of what was inside of her. Because God just says, hey, these people are not crazy. That's the power of God that fell right now. I couldn't even touch her. I had to just kind of, okay, so I'm married to her. How am I going to approach her now? So God had to deal with my heart and say, you too can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Since this was about 21 years ago, three months ago, no, not even two, two months ago, I'm talking to Sister Blanchard on the phone, wishing her a happy birthday. She says, Brother Ali, do you remember that day that, that your wife prayed for Brother Blanchard and you were afraid to touch her? She still remembers it 21 years ago. So I'm not lying. You can call her and ask her. See, you have to have reverence for the Spirit of God. You have to respect the Spirit of God or God. It's not like the world treats him. The world gives him the kick. Get out of our school. We don't need you. Get out of our employment. We don't need you. Get out. Don't say the name of Jesus. But we cannot be like them. We are different people. I am different. And I don't care if they say, well, you are a little weird. Yes, I want to be weird for my God. Because when I have no value to the world, he thinks I am great. When my God looks at me, when my God looks at you, he's happy with his people. We can't deny him. We can't hide what we have. Doesn't the Bible say not to put under, you know, your candle under a cover? Don't do that. Let people see you. Let people notice from you the spirit that is inside of you. Don't let them think that you have the spirit of the world because we don't. We have the spirit of God inside of us. Praise God. Praise God. Salvation. This is how the New Testament describes salvation. Washing. It comes through cleansing 
through the blood, water, and spirit as a result of our faith in Christ. That's why we get baptized. So everything, everything that we've done, everything, doesn't matter. If it was as a child, it doesn't matter as a teenager, it doesn't matter what age you were. Everything that you've done that is not according to the word of God, as long as you have repented, now it's time to be washed away. Now it's time to God, for God to say, okay, you repented, which is the very first step. Great step. Now I'm going to wipe it off. I'm going to take it off. And you know, sometimes we don't give us the break that we need. Because sometimes we still say, God, I can't do anything for you because I used to. God, I can't do this because I used Yeah, you used to. You don't anymore. Okay? We start a new... Oh, September 12th, okay, 1999, I started over. That's the day that I was baptized. Everything before that is gone. Everything is gone. When I say, yeah, Lord, I'd like to help you, God, but you don't know how bad. I'm a bad man. You don't know how bad I am. But he says, but I'm looking here, Ali. And it's white like this page right here. There's nothing. But everything else that I did afterwards, all I got to do is repent. All I got to do is, Lord, I messed up again. Come find, find an altar. Find an altar. Repent. That's why the Holy Ghost is in there working us, guiding us. We can go back and repent. It's not, it's not one time and you're done. It's not like you made a mistake and you're done. I wish people would recognize that. They can be, they can be used by God. The resurrection. The Bible compares being saved from sin to being made alive and being resurrected. When they looked at Jesus at the cross, the devil says, ha, got him. He's dead. The devil is such a fool. You know, Jesus says, I beat you, devil. I'm just paying the price for my kids. That's all I'm doing. I'm the sacrifice for my children. In three days, in three days, I'm going to get up again. And one day, one day, the, the, the Lord's going to defeat the devil for good. Right now, he's throwing everything he's got at the church, especially at the church. Right? Because he knows that his time is short. He's throwing in everything. And that's why you see people having troubles at church. You see people leaving the church. Because unfortunately some of them don't have the strength. And it is our job, as we are more grounded in the word, to encourage those that are weak in the faith. It is our job to call them. You know, people are missing. Send them a text. How are you doing? I'm praying for you. You know, there were times that I was going through difficult things, and the most important thing was people saying, they didn't necessarily need to come to my house and give me a hug, but they say, hey, Brother Ali, I'm praying for you. I'm thinking about you. That's all we need, that encouragement. Because the world will give them enough discouragement. So we need to encourage. We need to be the opposite. Birth. Newborn babies come into the world. Behold its beauty for the first time, and then grow up to enjoy all the exciting things that life brings. 
When people are born into the family of God, they are nourished by the word and grow up to be useful works for God's cause. See, we're born into this world, but we're not of this world. We have an opportunity. I look forward to living with, with God. I don't want to live here forever. I want to live with Him forever. Circumcision, the spiritual circumcision of the heart, Jeremiah 4 and 4. Translation, spiritually, we are translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. Being in the kingdom of God, being saved, being a new creature. A few days ago, I saw somebody that I hadn't seen in three and a half years. He said something to me that made me excited. He says, well... You lost a lot of weight. I said, yeah, good. Thank you. But you know what I want to really gets me excited? Hey, Ali, I remember you used to be the son of a devil. But now you're the son of the most high. You know that I threw rocks at people going to church when I was 13 years old? 13 years old, people were going to church in Brazil when I was there growing up with my older friends. And they said, oh, look at those Christians. They started throwing rocks at them, and I did too. <laughs> Told you I was bad. But see, God had a plan for me. Said, God said, God told me or taught me that instead of throwing rocks at my children, you're going to be throwing the seed around. You're going to be spreading the seed around. You're going to be bringing people to me. You're going to be teaching the word of God. You're going to be knocking on doors. That's what you're going to be throwing around, not rocks. See, I was there to hurt people. But now God, God has changed my life around. And my first obligation is to teach, teach my wife and my children. That's my very first obligation, okay? We have a great pastor, but I don't count on him to teach my family. I have to do it. Okay, so after doing that, then we're an example for other people. The way we live, the way we talk, the things that we do, where we go, because they are watching us. Praise God, if we could stand. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this study, God. Lord, what a blessed people we are, God, to have your Holy Ghost, God. Lord, I pray that you teach us, God, your ways, that you help us, Lord, to always, God, always do what you